0: Welcome to Dead Talk Live. I am your host, Viz. Our guest today, our director, Tyler McIntyre and writer Michael Kennedy, whose new film, It's a Wonderful Knife, is premiering today, November 10th, in theaters nationwide. Michael, Tyler, thank you so much for joining us and congratulations on this film, which, like I told you before, I really, really enjoyed. How are you guys doing today?
1: doing great. Yeah. Thanks so much for having yeah. us. Oh, yeah, thank you for, for having us.
0: Thank you for coming on here and let's get right to it. Michael, let's start with you. Uh you wrote this film. What inspired you to take a Christmas classic like It's a Wonderful Life and make it into this fun, entertaining slasher
2: horror film? Uh there's a couple couple things. I uh, was looking to write a Christmas horror movie um after Freaky and in lockdown, I was I was wanting to write a Christmas movie. I was wanting to write something with a little bit of fantasy and happiness, too. Um, so I started thinking about, you know, the way I worked on Freaky was taking an old comedy. So I started thinking, like, what are some of these old Christmas movies that I could maybe play with? And I started thinking about how actually my dad loved It's a Wonderful Life. It was mm-hmm. his favorite movie. And I started just thinking about him and how that movie how much that movie meant to him and our family and he had passed away in 2018 so I started reminiscing about him and started reminiscing about my time on freaky. I loved every aspect of making freaky working with Chris Landon was a dream come true and just had such a great time on that film that I kind of wanted to play in the same space. Uh So then when I sat down to watch it's a wonderful life to kind of study it, even though I know it really well. I was like, yeah, I think this is a good template to make a fun, weirdly heartwarming slasher movie. You know, yeah, it worked
0: weirdly. (laughs) Now, Tyler, you're the director. Uh, At which point did you and Michael uh, hook up and you became the director of this project?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I met Michael like uh, a little bit after Freaky came out uh, and, uh, you know, because I, I think people were drawing sort of parallels between a movie I made called Tragedy Girls and and, and Freaky. And they kind of had sort of similar kind of games going on in that they're sort of, um, you know, kind of energetic slasher movies and, uh, and kind of sending up uh, different types of, of, of you know, genre expectations in that sense. Um, and But then, um, you know, like uh, Michael had already written the script and, and, and had been kind of working on it for a while and had brought on Divide and Conquer. Um, who I knew a little bit, who are some of the producers who did like um, Megan and like the Black mm-hmm. Christmas uh, remake and they worked together on Freaky. And uh, I've been sort of trying to find a project to do with with those guys. And then um, and Seth Kaplan as well, who is uh, one of the other um, kind of lead producers on it. And so, um, you know, uh, they, uh, you know, sent me the script and, and uh, you know, invited me to kind of, um, you know, uh, meet on it and uh, I just kind of fell in love with it. Like um, you know, a lot of the stuff that I write tends to be pretty cynical, mm-hmm. and so uh, I really uh, you know welcome the chance to do something that that had a um, a more sincere kind of heart to it, and and the kind of you know, and there's something. You know, fun about trying to make a, a horror movie that kind of ends up in a positive place. Yeah. Uh, you know, not no spoilers, I guess. But um, but the uh, <laughs> uh, you know, the, there's like an uplifting element to it that that, that um, I thought was a kind of a fun challenge to do with a horror story. And um, and uh, you know, it kind of would allow me to use certain certain tools that I already had, but then also kind of build in in other ways. And and um, and so we we started working together and, and started sharpening a lot of like the satire of it and 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 kind of building out the sequences and kind of collaborating on the type of you know, uh, performers we wanted, and then, um, you know, it it, it led to, uh, you know, a a, a pretty um, fun kind of collaboration over a couple years. Absolutely.
0: Now, Michael, Tyler made an interesting point. Uh, I mean, I personally believe if you're going to make a a holiday horror film, I think it should be exactly like It's a Wonderful Knife. It's fun. You don't want to be depressed and come out there (laughs) like, oh, my God, it's the end of the world. Now, you know, compared to It's a Wonderful Life, there are a lot of parallels to the It's a Wonderful Life to this film. What was one of the themes from It's a Wonderful Life that you wanted to grab with this film, build upon, and make it a sort of the fun horror slasher movie
2: type? Well, the, the biggest thing is, you know, George Bailey doesn't see what his life is like or what the town of Bedford Falls is like without him until like the last 20 minutes of the movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And that was the first thing I knew I wanted to do different was really bring it essentially at the end of act one so that it could essentially lead you to the end of the movie Yeah, and play in that world a little bit, you know, uh, it's a wonderful life is mostly a life story that ends up in the place it ends up and i didn't want it to be winnie's life story i wanted it to be really a moment in her in time of her life of going from hero to really a tragic figure in a lot of ways so i knew i wanted to make that like the centerpiece of the story in a much bigger way uh-huh. um and that also led me to some non it's a wonderful life stuff where we then got to upend like the you know the slasher convention that kind of started with Scream, where like you have a kill in the first 10 minutes and you don't find out who the killer is until about two hours later. So we got to end up upend that by you know we reveal the killer in the first 15 minutes of the movie, which is mm-hmm. different, and it, the first 15 minutes almost plays like a mini slasher movie. Um, So those were like the two biggest things I was really excited to like kind of tweak and toy with and make my own. And kudos
0: to that because that threw me off too. I'm a lifelong horror fan. And
2: when I saw that and I'm like, That came up even before the title of the film popped up. So so what's going on here? Yeah, it's fun because it kind of plays with your expectations a little bit, then you don't kind of know where you're gonna be going. And then I've also seen a lot of people who haven't seen the movie yet being like, they spoil who the killer is in the trailer. And I'm like, just wait till you watch the movie. Exactly, you don't know, you haven't
0: seen any of it yet. Now, Tyler, let's talk about the killer's costume. Uh, Great, simple, but very creepy, the white angel uh brilliant um was it a collaboration between you and michael how did you guys settle on the killer's look
1: yeah yeah there, there was some cues in the in the um uh, like the idea of having like an all-white killer uh that is an angel and kind of like bringing a little bit of that imagery kind of to it um was was in the script and then kind of figuring out like well what does that mean you know like it was was a bit of a um you know took, took some doing and so we um we worked uh you know to look at a lot of references and stuff like that trying to figure out um You know, but we essentially settled on the idea that, like, he's kind of a little bit like a like like an angel tree topper, you know, Mm -hmm. like those things and um, and then figuring out like because a lot of those have, especially the vintage ones, have these kind of porcelain faces that are featureless and and they're kind of eerie, you know, like uh, like when they're kind of in the darkness, you know, kind of, you know, um, so we we started kind of drilling down on that and and then started working with with um, our production designer, uh, Tiana and, and Matea, who is our costume designer. And to Try and figure out, like, well, how do we kind of do this? And and it became pretty apparent that we that this, even though he's an angel, he shouldn't have wings, uh, you know, because he'd be it'd be like sort of like a cape, <laughs> incredible, like get caught on stuff, yeah. And so, uh, we ended up, uh, you know, because the type of stunts in the movie, he, he sort of should be lean and quick, and um, and uh, and so we ended up um trying a bunch of different materials and then and kind of settling on this sort. Sort of shape that kind of has like a like a hooded figure shape that's like you know reminiscent of something like like Scream or you know I know he did like yeah. like we don't somebody was like too big and um and then uh and then we ended up being able to incorporate the wings into like the knife design. It has this very like ornate kind of dagger to it um and it has these kind of winged this winged hilt that would just um kind of made you know itself into a lot of the marketing and then we were able to work with um uh like the uh, the fabrication uh place for the on the in the props for making like the mask um in a way that um you know, it still kind of had this shiny white surface but like the hero version of that was like extremely difficult if not impossible to see through yeah and so so we so the stunt uh people often had to kind of like coordinate things in a way that um that they could sort of learn the the moves kind of blind and then and then uh you know re- rehearse it and knowing that their visibility would be reduced and then we had certain moments where we would like add the or erase the eyes digitally and things like that but it was um uh you know trying to kind of um you know a lot of people had a lot of you know good ideas and, and it was a bit of a group effort but i'm glad we kind of landed into um a place that you know i think a lot of the marketing is taking a cue from it and the people seem to be responding to it really well
0: exactly a featureless face it's simple but it's still very very creepy like an emotionless face uh, a good example is the michael myers mask it's devoid of all emotion, but yet it's very, very creepy. Now, Michael, at any point during the writing of this script, because this film does lean on It's a Wonderful Life, were you afraid of any negative pushback uh, from touching up uh, a beloved American classic uh, Christmas movie at all?
2: No, you know, I mean, I expect people, you know, I'm, I know some people just won't like what we're doing. Just, you know, they they don't have a taste for yeah kind of movies, which is fine with me, and I didn't get any pushback from anyone we worked with on it. Um, But yeah, I mean, I expect people to kind of either love it or hate it, quite frankly. I think, you know, I think Freaky's success was a little unexpected, quite frankly. Like, Chris and I honestly didn't expect the the reaction we got to that from yeah. people. Um So... Yeah, I'm okay with any pushback. Mm-hmm. I actually don't like That's anyone fine. talking. Yeah, about it. yeah. I mean, yeah, I like people just talking about the movie. Exactly.
0: You know? I think it's yeah. great. Now, uh, Tyler, Jane Wittup, uh, Just McLeod are the two main leads. Uh, they had really good on screen chemistry with each other. What stood out for you in their auditions that made you say, as a director, okay, this is Winnie and Bernie?
1: Yeah, I mean, we, I mean, uh, Winnie was a lot easier to find than Bernie like like uh, essentially we found uh, Jane Whit up quite early like uh, like, you know, they were on a list of, of, of kind of performers that I sort of was hoping to work with on something eventually because uh, I'd seen them in yellow jackets and they had mm-hmm. a really kind of fun sort of part in that first season and then uh uh then we were so we were making kind of these long lists and 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 um and then uh kind of reaching out to to a very small number of of performers to see if they you know read for it and then jane did just a a tremendous like um read of of the the, kind of the first scene where their character ends up in this magical uh world and uh we uh you know we kind of thought that like oh well that's like a good performance because they seem to really understand that um You know it it, it's emotional but it's not it's not too um too serious and 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 like got the comedy of it and um it was just very easy to track and so we kind of decided like well let's just commit to jane and and after we met them that that seemed like a a really kind of obvious choice and then we're able to kind of build the younger cast kind of around them but then it took a lot longer to find bernie like once we kind of had dates and everything like that um you know we were looking like on both sides of the border because we shot in vancouver canada and so, so we were looking in, in America at maybe bringing somebody in as well as Vancouver local and, um, you know, considered like hundreds, I mean, I watched, you know, probably 500 tapes and, 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 and a lot of, di- you know, different, uh, you know, reads on it and, and, you know, like researched a lot of people. And, um, and then, uh, you know, uh, Jess McLeod had a really strong read, but just a very strange kind of energy to, to them, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, just a very, uh, you know, like uh, like doesn't seem super strange uh, like at a glance, but then once they start talking, they they yeah. were brought in a lot of very quick kind of verbal bursts and, and and this sort of like innate kind of awkwardness and like making dialogue that was not awkward really awkward and, and it was just <laughs> like a very fun kind of um, sort of uh, self conscious kind of uh, like approach to it in a way that that um, that uh, you know we hadn't really thought of the character. And then, and then once I kind of met them, I, I was like, oh, like this energy is going to complement uh, what Jane's bringing because like Jane is so like straight, you know, like and and has this um, kind of certainty to them and, and stuff and kind of a breeziness to them. And um, and then once we got them in in a room and started kind of uh, you know doing doing uh, you know rehearsal uh, and kind of going through the key scenes, it kind of became apparent. They're like, oh, this is going to work. You know, yeah. you know, like and and they have a little bit more sizzle than we were anticipating. Um, and so so like a lot of the kind of subtle stuff we were, we were um, c- kind of working on became more explicit and they really became kind of fast friends and 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 would, had a ton of ideas and were very supportive of each other and and so like during the production it really kind of changed the shape of like the movie itself
0: now Michael uh, I love what you did with Bernie's character in the end we, we're not gonna give any spoilers out, but the way her character ends up, uh, so on, was I have to ask you people don't understand what this questions about until they watch the movie hopefully they'll come back and watch this interview to see your answer <laughs> but was that your original ending for
2: Bernie or did you change that uh it's hard to it's hard to say without spoiling anything but everything that happens with Bernie was the plan okay and as Tyler just spoke, we found the other element that happens at the end with her and Winnie Yeah, during filming. Okay. Okay. That,
0: that, makes, sense. Make, that makes sense to me. I've seen it. So guys, <laughs> we it'll make, it so make it a lot really. of sense to you guys when you come back and watch this after you see the movie. Now, Tyler, Justin Long, the antagonist, versatile actor, longtime actor, uh, Man, you guys with the makeup, you really made him look different (laughs) with the teeth and and, and the look. Uh, And his versatility as an actor really comes through. What were your thoughts of his portrayal as the antagonist in this film, which
1: fans are not
0: really used to seeing him in the antagonist role?
1: yeah i mean we were kind of hoping to go a bit big with the with the villain you know like and and so we we considered a lot i mean we justin was kind of you know in the discussion early on but like it took us a long time to figure out like when we were shooting and like you know uh um, who would be best for it and we went through a lot of different iterations of that character sometimes he was older sometimes he was younger sometimes uh we tried a couple drafts where where, he, where um that character was female and, and and you know it took us a long time and eventually circled back around to justin you know um when the availability kind of um became apparent and after we'd sort of established his younger brother uh sean uh Defner. Uh, uh and so it ended up kind of being uh, um sort of working out because Justin was already in town kind of shooting goosebumps and so we were able to like, sort of work mm-hmm. things around his schedule but um yeah like he came in with very very strong ideas um i think because he has a um you know like like he's cursed with this like you know boy next door good looks you know that he yeah. just can't shake and uh and he um you know i think uh is getting to the point where, like you know, he could embrace those kind of like you know different kind of um, you know middle-aged actor looks, and um, and uh, as so we talked a lot about, um, you know, like the you know like a uh, Michael Douglas from Wall Street t- sort of sort of jerk, but like you know kind of that that uh, like a small town version <laughs> of that, yeah, yeah. And um, and we we're taking a cue from like kind of like you know the you know like the like the Hallmark villain plots, you know, like the idea of of like uh, of like you know it's always like a real estate scheme of some sort. You know like and things like that that are like you know trying to um so kind of moving these ideas around and then and then talking a lot about um this sort of like uh kind of artifice that this character has and a lot of the ideas about like how he looks kind of came from that like you know kind of a spray tan sort of thing like we weren't trying to get too trumpy with it but you know like like uh, he has this very well coiffed kind of hair and like um you know, teeth. yeah yeah and, and the, <laughs> like blue, blue eyes and like, you're so used to seeing justin with with dark with dark eyes yeah so even in real life like with blue contacts it's like whoa you know like it's it's a tough uh you know it, it's nothing to get used to um and so then he had like a very specific voice that he was working on and stuff like that and so we just like for me as a director it was more about trying to you know uh shape the the, the you know the kind of found of good ideas that, that he was kind of bringing to the table and making sure that it didn't kind of you know, not sort of the tone of the, of the film, but, but thankfully we're kind of, you know, we had a big ceiling because of um, uh, the type of, you know, kind of supernatural movie it is.
0: Exactly. exactly. Michael, were you happy with how Justin Long's character at the end on the final take, when you saw the final product on how it yeah. came through on the screen?
2: Yeah. I, I remember uh, I, I really was thrilled and I, I, you know, no, now I'm like, there's no one else that could have done this. Yeah. Um, no one else. I don't think would have, would have attempted it, you know, when he first was pitching us the idea of doing this unfettered capitalist asshole with a touch of preacher quality to him, um, with the look of Joel Osteen, yeah, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Joel yeah, Osteen. Yeah, it was kind of his his uh, his template. I remember being like, "What the fuck <laughs> is he like talking about?" Then <laughs> when I like heard the Joel Osteen part, like when I heard that part, I knew exactly what he was going for. Uh huh. Um, and it comes across really well. I have seen a ton of reviews just calling out his performance as being like fascinatingly unhinged in all the best ways. Um, so yeah, it was definitely something I never expected, but now I couldn't imagine the movie without it. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Tyler, what I thought
0: one of the biggest character, uh, differentials between the two realities was the mother Judy Carruthers. Uh, vastly different between the two realities. Um, Is that how you wanted it? Uh, And she did a great job portraying both realities. Uh, Why was that character altered so much and so affected by the events of the film?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, no, no spoilers, but like, essentially, they've gone through a loss, like, mm-hmm. and and so when they encounter their their parents, uh, or so, uh, when um, yeah, when uh, when we encounter Winnie's parents in the alternate reality, like they've both uh, been through a, a fair amount of tragedy. Like the town itself has has been through a lot of tragedy, and so we kind of have these discussions about like how, um, you know, where is every character like in the in the in the kind of good world and the bad world. And that was a discussion i had with a reactor like kind of like what elements are changing you know like in some people are a little bit you know um kind of like the shadow versions of themselves and and uh then like bernie's in the center where kind of the same in both places you know like and uh and then it has is unchanged by this but like it's you know even kind of fighting the good fight and, and you know, just people are not, are, are you know, Winnie Season, the one reality now that, now that, um, has perspective. And, but whereas Judy, like, definitely, like, Aaron boys came in with a lot of ideas of, of like, in this very dark place, like, you just kind of ha- happen to catch her in the middle of a drunk stupor. Like, it's, it, it, it's, it's a very, um, kind of fun space to be in. And, and I think kind of the opposite of what, of what Aaron's often asked to do. And then, and, and that was, you know, a big thing that we were trying to do is like, we're trying to use, Joel McHale against type, you know, and yeah. um, and uh, you know, like a, just along a bit against type, and and trying to give those opportunities to to actors who who you make you know maybe kind of fun to play other ways, and uh, and and I think um, you know Aaron's a good example of somebody who who like came in with a ton of ideas about how to do it and and what the light and dark versions of this look like, yeah, and and it you know um you know like did a lot of the the pre work um and then it was just easy to kind of slot in and 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 work with the with the ensemble we were building.
0: I want to thank you guys so much for our audience. The movie is called It's a Wonderful Knife. Now, it is a Shutter original, but it is premiering today, November 10th, in theaters uh, nationwide. Yeah, it's, in a thousand yeah in a thousand. it's it's nationwide. So, yeah. check your local listing. This is a fun fun slasher holiday film. You will definitely love this film. I want to thank our guest, director Tyler McIntyre writer michael kennedy for coming on here and sharing just a little bit about their experience uh guys i wish you the best of luck with the film i want to thank our audience thank you so much for tuning in on behalf of michael tyler and myself stay safe and stay walking bye everybody